All right, welcome to the Triglavian Times, or as I lovingly call it, the Clusterfuck. Um, I'm your host, Sabat. My co-host, <laughs> Reese, is here showing his face today. And then Hello. Kylon. Hello. And then we have the Kamikaze of Weirashoda and the brave person of <laughs> Edencom supporters joining us today, Arcia. And then we got Balance Man Extraordinaire Stitch. Hello. And Senior Phantomite, who, you know, if you don't know, he uh he is no longer part of Snuff. Um so I was kind of I was hoping Brisk was gonna be here today. Um can't make it. Um life reasons. Or wife reasons, whatever you want, whatever way you want to put it. Um so it's kind of chuckling that this is gonna be a declarations of war 2.0 round table. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, without, um, without somebody else being there lying, we got a lot of truths told. Yeah. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give these guys um, about five minutes of pop um, to talk about why we should vote for them if you haven't voted yet. Oh um, and then we'll get into some fun little questions, things we'd like to see, get your guys' opinions on some things that you know we'd like to see as Triglavians um, to come around. Um, so let's just start with Arcia, um, since you have had time and on, on CSM recently and got your platform kind of done already. <laughs> so this year there are a lot of good candidates and a lot of people are generally saying a lot of the same things as far as we need more ships in space. Um, I think that's one of the mantras that's been repeated more than anything else this CSM season. I, for one, uh, ran on CSM 16, ran for CSM 16 on a faction warfare platform. I came in 11th and got half a term after Progressions stepped down, and I still got my entire platform, whatever the circumstances of that may be. They announced pretty much uh, what I was aiming to get done at FanFest. And I think that it's very important to have somebody who cares about invigorating this content of faction warfare that has been overlooked for so long uh, on the on the CSM and have non-block representation with a different perspective and with my RP background and my uh, advocate, advocate how I advocate for lore as a content driver. Um, it puts me in a unique position to be in the room and be effective as C CP is going towards the storyline arcs method of content delivery rather than the quadrants. Anything else you want to cover, Arcia? Um, <laughs> as, as a candidate, my focus is obviously I have faction warfare, low security space, and then small gang content in general. Um, as a member of a small group, I care about smaller groups being able to flourish in this game. Um, I think a lot of stuff drives people into bigger blocks, and I would be an advocate for stuff that uh, helps the smaller guy. Things kind of like tying it to Pochben, more stuff like the Flashpoint style PvE that has a high chance of PvP happening there. Um, the Flashpoints are a rewarding PvE site that serves as a catalyst for PvP because people fight over it. 
and it has a, a soft cap of like 10 to 15 chips where if you bring too much more than that your payout suffers so i think it's a that sort of model is a good uh one to produce more content throughout various regions of space like um for example in faction warfare like i hope the battleground sites take a lot of inspiration from the flashpoints yep nope i can see that um Phantomite, we'll go with you before we get to the balance man extraordinaire. I'm Phantomite. I love PvP. I will PvP almost anywhere where there is a reasonable, achievable style of PvP available. And the more available and reasonable the PvP is, the more people will do it and the more of it there will be. We've had uh, six years of the Gigablocks controlling the game, uh, controlling the story for new bros and controlling the narrative that is told to ccp which is often incorrect and self-serving and it's time that came to an end it's time that uh selfish um cold war desires for the game were put in the bin these people who adhere to that mentality are put in the bin so that the game can recover with people who actually want to play it Can agree with that. Uh, Stitch, solo extraordinaire. I love that you always start out with your "I only have one character and play one character." Oh yeah, no, you've already said it. No, I, mm -hmm. that's it. I guess I'm done. You know. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm I'm also in the same boat, so I can understand your pain. I'm going back to that same boat. <laughs> There's several people like that. Yeah, so I mean, you know, like you said, I played Eve with one character, uh, one account, so I don't have any alts or anything like that. So it kind of just gives me a different perspective on, um, you know, kind of every interaction with the game. Like I do industry, I do uh, exploration, you know, I scan, I PvP, I do market stuff, whatever, you know, with just this one account. Um, so again, it gives me a different perspective compared to a lot of other people and how they play the game. And I think to some degree, it allows me to see where there are certain imbalances, um, and, you know, kind of the quote unquote casual play style. Um, you know, obviously I'm playing Eve at a higher level than most people, at least as far as like a solo account goes. Um, you know, cause most solo account people are probably just. You know, again, they're they're more of the casual play style. They log in for a few hours, play, and you know, then they they uh, you know log off for whatever reason, doing PVE or missiles or maybe a little bit of solo. Um, so I've been able to accomplish a lot with just that that single account, single character. Um, and then the other aspect is I've been able to get six things put into the game since 2015. Um, you know, without being on the CSM. So obviously my ideas are either good enough for CCP to use or my ideas align with what CCP already thinks. So in terms of being able to discuss changes with CCP, I think we're already on the same mindset. So that'll just help things go smoother and I can provide important feedback that again, in the past has already shown that they'll listen to. Um, you know, we all play the game for various reasons, but I think the main reason is, you know, we, we like spaceships. Um, Eve has over 250 different ships, I believe. And I, I hate seeing that we're flying the same ships over and over and over again, or we're dealing with a meta that has restrict, restricted the amount of ships that we can fly because 
nothing else is really viable within the meta because we're always dealing with either overpowered ships or ships that have needed changes for a long time, but CCP is hesitant to change. Yeah. Um, and I think there's just a lot of low-hanging fruit that we can go after, um, and I'd like to tr- help CCP kind of direct that and, and get us back into a good spot and actually make big meta changes. Like, I don't think there's been a big meta change in a long time, and I think there needs to be a shakeup. Like, people need to, you know, as cliche as it sounds, especially for Eve, people need to adapt. They need to be presented with something that's like, hey, this is not like what I've been playing for the past five years in terms of ships. I got to like relearn some things. I got to see, you know, how these things are going to interact with each other and we can go from there. That sounds perfect. I like that because it's more content. (laughs) I I love watching people fail. Yeah. And I mean, most of every Eve is based around spaceships, you know, whether they're big spaceships, small spaceships, whatever the case may be, if you're mining, like the, you're, I feel like there's a, a lot of people take for granted ship balance when it's the direct connection between the, the game and yourself. You're flying ships, you know? <laughs> yep. So yep. They, there needs to be changes there. All right. Um, we're going to get into some questions here. I just want to start it off because you guys all spend a lot of time in low sec or no low sec or no faction warfare. And it kind of addresses two things at the same time. Brought this up with Drake and since he's our Pockman candidate. Um, uh, with Faction Warfare, when Aurora announced that potentially pirates might be able to get into it also. So they'd be able to take part in Faction Warfare the same way as the Empires do. All that ran through my mind the second I heard those words was, Triggs and Edencom need to get into it because you could fix the broken... Like half of Triggs, I, I know Incom, I'll get to Incom in a second, Arcia. <laughs> half of Triggs LP store is broken and you can't get anything from it. And it's all stuff that's like clothes and stuff for your character. You can't get any of it. Incom got the Shaft Hardcore LP store I don't even think exists really. Like it could that's fix the DED. Yeah, it could fix, yeah, it's a DED. It could fix the problem and give them a true LP store and in kind of, bring back those fighting. Yeah, I know EM would still side with, you know, Mimitar, but it could still bring back that that little fighting between the groups. Um, and I think it'd be an interesting dynamic. What are your guys' opinions on that? I think logically, um, over time, it definitely makes sense to extend the Allegiance system to every major faction in the game. Um, and Triggs and Edencom are one that would be really easy to do because you have like you could really center a lot of their objectives around Pochfen, honestly. Like you could say uh Edencom's objective is for all the Edencom players to kill uh a hundred thousand Triggs in Wirashoda. And yep. Triggs could have an objective to kill a hundred thousand Eden Calm in Angry Man, right? And like whoever gets that number first uh, wins their objective and gets more bigger rewards. And like the same way, kind of like they explained the um, the objectives would be during Fanfest, where like the empires might have capture a system as an objective, or supply the front line as an objective, or something. And that would lead to not only 
people getting in fleets and going to shoot trigs or neoncom, but shooting each other to prevent them from uh, reaching that goal first, right? Like if I have a, an Edencom fleet and you have a trig fleet and you're out shooting Edencom, my uh, instinct isn't to go shoot the trigs faster, it's to go shoot you first, right? And I'm sure you are in the same boat with shooting me <laughs> in the reverse situation. Um, yep. So extending the allegiance system to everything, whether it be Triggs, Edencom, Pirates, and even stuff like the SOE uh, or uh, to Society of Conscious Thought, um, it just honestly leads to more opportunities for catalysts of content in all like various regions of space. Um, Triggs and Edencom could put a lot of stuff in the Potch Fund, a lot of goals in the Potch Fund. Uh, pirates could put a lot of goals in the NPC null sack and so on. Yep. Stitch, Phantomite? Um, apologies if I go, go over anything that you just talked about because um, apparently I'm having some uh, connectivity issues. <laughs> every now Sorry. and then but like not at the moment um but uh as far as introducing extra factions pirate factions other non-pirate um non uh main four empire factions into the faction warfare mix i feel like it's a cool idea on paper but for obvious reasons i am going to want to see a strong resurgence of regular faction warfare with the main four factions first i want to see it done i want to see the baseline of what they've promised completed and i want to see it functioning and iterated upon until we can give that a thumbs up before i am happy to recommend to ccp that it's now a good time to start developing extra factions into the mix um if if faction warfare doesn't get done properly and isn't iterated upon properly and isn't made to work at a basic level first, then adding more into it will just break it and then they'll leave it again for another eight years. So I'm excited for it, but I don't want to see it initially I, at all. I, I can agree with you on they need to fix the basis of it. But there's also that, I mean, I, I kind of skipped over you, Stitch, if you had any comments on it, but I... Every time I look at the faction warfare spaces, like they're all low sec systems. Yes, they're yeah. technically part of whatever, whoever's controlling them, but why can't like, you know, Galente fight Amar and and steal a system out in the Galente, in the, in the Mimitar Amar war zone? Like they're still fighting against their, their allies and they're still fight. Like I'd like to see more than just, it's just two areas of space being fought over. So. I think um, for as far as the initial revamp and uh, content development goes, it should definitely start by focusing on the four empires, like Phantomite said, and getting all that working properly. Um, I do think in the long term, after you got the four empires and all the mechanics around that working properly for the Elysian system and faction work, um, developing content for other allegiances is a good idea. Um, I definitely do agree that focus on the four empires first and get faction warfare as we know it to be improved and developed on, like you said. But uh, 
I kind of foresee a lot of the other allegiances as not even faction warfare as we know it, but like aligning with Garistus would lead to content in Venal, not so much. I mean, I guess they could come down and shoot the Kaldari, but yeah, like I, I, kind I, of, yeah. It, it, you know it depends I mean? on how they build it. It depends on yeah. how they build it. Because I could also see, you know, the my fantasy of seeing Incom and Triggs fighting again could be in, you know, um, uh, Incom fortresses, Incom minor victories, Trig yeah. minor victories, Pachman. I could, I can see yeah. that as providing content more all over the place than than just, hey, it's got to be infection work. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like when I speak about anything other than the four empires, I am talking about like way down the line. I yeah. think because yeah. four empires are what need to be focused on first because that's like the core of the game going back to its roots. You know. Mm -hmm. I could agree with that. Stay. So from my perspective, I guess um, there's two two things I wanted to touch on. The first one was the, the thing that you mentioned um, about you know Galente like trying to take something in Minmatar. Things like that. Uh, in the past, when I was in faction warfare, like you were, you know, quote unquote, allied with the opposed the the other faction. You know, so you had Minwitar Glinte and you had uh, a Mark Aldari, but they never really felt like allies. And and especially in Minwitar, like they, we would have Glinte guys come in, and the only thing they would do is just try and awox you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you. You know, so like I, I don't know how many times I would just sit around and like three Glinte guys would warp in on me in a plex and then they try and kill me um like i don't ever remember there being a time where there was like a joint fleet between galente and minmatar to fight amar or, or anything like that so yeah. if there was a way to um incentivize that kind of cross coordination you know maybe not all the time but you know for certain events and kind of make it easier to incentivize that you know i think that would kind of immerse it a little bit more, at least within the lore. Because again, you know, they're allies. Like, why are we just completely disregarding the ally part and just saying, all right, you have this this space over here that's where these guys fight, and then this space over here is where these guys fight. And technically, you can go over there if you want, but you're kind of a far ways away and stuff like that. Um, you know, so that was the one thing I wanted to touch on is just, you know, yeah, you know, we, we have those alliances, but they don't mean anything. And, and more often than not, it just means the other group comes in to kind of abuse that, that alliance because... Yep they can just shoot you without really much repercussion. I mean, technically, if they keep doing it, I think something happens where they might get kicked out. I don't remember. Hey, um, for alliance, shooting your allies, you don't get kicked out. Okay. Like, ever, okay. Right? Because yeah. you don't lose uh, standing for your position. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, yeah, so I, was, I was confusing it then with uh, if you shoot your own people within your own faction yeah. then. Um, so then, as so this is the second part of this, was what your, was the original question. I was talking about pirates. So I think that would be really interesting because there are groups that live within faction warfare that aren't participating in faction warfare per se. They're acting as role-playing as pirates. So I don't know if giving them, you know, the umbrella term of you're, a, you're since you're not joined with the main faction, you're a pirate now and you need to choose your pirate faction. Like, I don't know if we need to shoehorn, shoehorn them into that, but it's nice to have them have that as an option. Yeah. Um, then more of what kind of Arcee was talking about is I think, Honestly, I, I think it'd be really cool, and obviously I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon, if ever, um, if you had faction warfare-like mechanics and NPC Nullsec in the regions where those pirates control. And, you know, maybe they're fighting Concord or they're fighting, 
something else that's happening there and you know they can have their own kind of thing with that npc space and then you know judging how they control the system determines emissions and rewards that the pirate factions get because right now like pirate npc space is just you know people running burners all day and you know it's normally botted and big groups already control that space because they don't have to protect anything they maybe they have to protect the hub occasionally when someone tries to bubble the mission station or something um but you know for the most part it's just people are just afking out there and just farming lp so it'd be yeah. nice if there was a little bit more of an interaction there and of course you know that could be moved into faction warfare as well if they're going to integrate pirates into that yeah no i mean i just when when aurora announced that all i i just had tingles of of Edencom and trig going at it each other again because that was like that was right when i came back i hopped right into the the trig Edencom more also, during the Faction Warfare Roundtable at Benfest, do you remember the Delegate Zero said, as far as the alliances holding or not holding, going in and out, anything's possible? Because there was a question asked about that um, by me, actually. Because there could always be a situation, like if anybody remembers Kaleli, where the Minmatar went and shot the Glende in a story. There could definitely be holes like that happening. No. And then you'd have angry triangles flying out of pocket and just attacking faction warfare wherever they wanted. <laughs> I mean, that could happen too, right? Mm -hmm. we've, we've we've drifted into faction warfare a little bit here and there as pirates. Yeah. Um, all right, so I know Reese is some burning indie questions. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a good question to gauge where we are at and different opinions about the post scarcity back into the boom <laughs> where do, where do you think that industry and mining is right now i mean how many of you played before 2016 <laughs> okay so I, I most haven't. of us most of us here here in this this channel so before um before industry kicked into a much higher gear than it had ever been industry was obviously still a thing but um and mining was still a thing right now as we saw we have far more uh, people involved in mining than we uh previously had for the volumes of ore that there were this um may maybe i can get some some more educated opinion on this but does that not suggest that uh mining has become a more viable um, career choice for uh, people uh, I, starting I, their career and people in the middle of their career than it than it was during the Rockwell era. I will admit. Um, so I I did a show when they did the price hike, um, and the second I you know saw the price hike, I went I I raise your thirty three percent price hike by unsubbing five accounts of my six accounts because I literally mine probably about a rough estimate two two to four cubic uh, billion cubic meters of moon goo every weekend with six accounts um and i just won't do it anymore my point being that the game was in a better yeah. overall state before Rockwell. oh it was it, it yeah. was I, um, I I started the game as a miner, and that's how I made my money to buy my high grade snake pod, 
my first Mac to get into incursions. I mean, I, that's how I play the game. So I will preface this by saying I do not consider myself an industrialist by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I, I've always gotten the opinion, and this is basically from the perspective of somebody who has only ever like PVP mind, right? Like mind somebody else's moon because it feels like PVP. Um, but uh, I feel like mining is a really bad profession for newer players to get into because it almost requires multiple accounts to be worth your time. Um, and maybe Stitch has comments on this because I'm a dirty multi-boxer myself. <laughs> but um, whenever we get like new pilots in the Alliance, a lot of us tend to have the opinion that they should to recommend to them to go do exploration because that's a, a better one account activity for your time. Because um, it, it's not a multi-boxable activity, so the prices tend to be higher for what you get from doing hacking and scanning and, and all that then mining with one account uh, feels awful even on an r64 to me i mean so, something that you know i've i previously presented to uh, ccp is first of all don't tell players coming into the game of, that mining is a viable profession at all until you change mining to make it into an actual game to play um and I think that there's there's two ways that they should deal with that. Number one, they should um, introduce alt alternate ways of acquiring raw materials in the game or in things like that. Uh, as a suggestion, I came up with what about prospecting, where you spend the majority of the time um, playing a game of some kind, doing some kind of exploration or hacking. And by the end of the effort you've put in, you then just go and collect the minerals that you have prospected from this asteroid. Something along those lines, rather than sitting there cycling a laser. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I, don't I, tell new players to mine when that. there's no game there. Yeah, and it, it just screams, please multi-box this. In yeah, my opinion, exactly. and I mean, as a new player starting out, like you're going to be in a venture, mining in the same belts as someone that's got a bunch of orcas or exhumers mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're just like, wow, look at that hundred thousand isk I made in the past thirty minutes, you know, when the orca guy is, you know, just farming the whole belt in front of you, um, you know, and then obviously <laughs> like ice mining and stuff like that is kind of the same thing, so it's just. For the effort put in, obviously, it's it's pretty easy for the new player. But, I mean, again, most players don't want to just sit there and mine because they'll end up quitting. Uh, and, and, yeah, this it's a very obvious profession to be like, this would be a lot better if I had more accounts. And, you know, again, the, from a new player's perspective, especially when our sub prices is $20 a month now, they're not going to be like, yeah, that's, that's something I want to do is spend $40 or $60 on a game every month just so I can mine effectively or better than, you know, with a solo account. Um, you know, so I, I agree with Phantomite that it should be more active, um, you know, or maybe you can still do it passively, but you're not making as much as if you could do it actively. Like, you know, an easy example is like, you know, how you have the hacking mini game for relics and data. You have like a similar mini game when you're mining an asteroid, but if you're active and you find the you know perfect node or the perfect mining sequence, you get a buff for the amount of minerals you get out of the asteroid. 
um, you know, something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be that. I'm just using as an example to where you you have a choice between actively mining something and getting a reward out of it compared to just you know AFKing and scaling infinitely. Um, you know, and maybe that could give solo accounts something a little bit more, or just you know someone who's actively playing where hey, yeah, you could scale this infinitely with five um, you know five accounts or whatever. Um, but that solo person who's there playing that game, you know, being able to participate and, and get higher yields consistently can maybe be a little bit more competitive. Um, so they're not just feeling like they're being forced to, to scale infinitely. Um, as far as industry goes, I think they're... Eh, I see where they were going with some of the changes, but I don't like most of them. <laughs> um, I, can, I can't agree with you on that one. And I, as as a person that flies a lot of trick chips, I am actually like tickled pink with the prices of hauls right now because they are a lot cheaper than they used to be. I mean, they're back down to historic, well, not necessarily historic lows, but they are a lot more, the price point is a lot better than it used to be. I mean, right. I mean, something I really think that feels bad for me and maybe you, some of you have different CSM candidates have some ideas on it, but you invest more skill points into getting crystals and getting all these cool things. And then it's like, oh, you get this crystal, you can waste more and mine more. And it just doesn't feel so good as, oh, you could just put on some faction strip miners or uh, a regular strip miner and you waste nothing. Yep. It doesn't feel good. It's expensive. It's expensive as all get out race. I know because my exhumers on my characters are like 650 million isk just because of the strip miners. <laughs> but, I'd like to know your location. What system is that? <laughs> um, they're all docked up, ready to dump everything to my main because they're all going offline. I'm a smart man. I'll announce it now. <laughs> I'll announce it now that I don't mind anymore because I literally, all my. All my structures are gone now. <laughs> I purged everything. And then, like, uh, and then, like, with industry, like, so when I did industry, obviously, I, I wasn't like doing large scale operations or anything like that. I was just kind of casually doing stuff, like, when faction warfare, I could build the fleet fleet ships, uh, you know, that I bought from LP. Most of the time, I just exchange LP for the ship itself. Yep. But there was the option where I could get the BBC and just build it with minerals. Um, you know, now they've incorporated all these extra things in the battleships that, like, we don't we don't really need battleships to be more expensive, <laughs> at least like T1 and, and Faction, especially not Navy, because Navy haven't been rebalanced since 2013, and it, and it shows, like, we don't need to make Navy even more undesirable by making them more expensive. Um, and then, you know, the capital changes, yes, to an extent, they need to be more expensive. Um, but not to the, the degree that they went. Um, and then, you know, then they're just adding way more complexity to the, the whole situation. And it, it, in the end, it didn't even have the effect, the desired effect that CCP wanted. You know, they, they were wanting people to, to lose a bunch of capitals. And all of it is just made people hunker down and not use or, or throw out capitals because now it was, you know, like a six to eight billion replacement cost instead of one or two billion. And they just kind of sat on those stockpiles. Um, I, I do think... I do think talk about like dreads and dread bombing. I do think like a happy place. I think for dreads for like a complete fit would probably be 
maybe around that like four or five zone, not like eight, nine, whatever they're going for now. I think that four or five, it's still tolerable to dread bomb, but that one, two is just obscene. When I make, I can make a frigate almost, you know, 1.5 billion isk, like if I want to, but right. it's a frig and I can troll people with it. <laughs> I would probably say three bill, three and a half is reasonable for dread bomb. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially because you're considering just whelping them anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean the the, the just the the, the, the gigantic p pendulum swing with capitals. Because to be honest, like capital proliferation or super proliferation isn't really necessarily an issue because capitals are so cheap. It's because there's no restriction on them in terms of them being docked, mm -hmm. uh, which is a which is an issue with citadels. Like if if you still had to have like a, a coffin tune for your your super, they wouldn't proliferate like they did. Uh, or if there's some other penalty to having a bunch of supers, um, you know, then you know, then this whole thing with scarcity might not have even needed to happen if they just restricted the way that capitals interacted with citadels and things like that. We wouldn't have needed to go through scarcity to deal with these massive, you know, um, you know, capital blobs, if we didn't have them just, you know, freely roaming around and being thrown at literally everything because they could. Yeah. Kylan, we haven't had anything from you yet. What's your burning question? Hmm. Well, I, I don't know a whole, a whole lot about faction warfare, but uh, what what's the change, the major change they're proposing is that people can join it without having to join their entire corp. Yep. Well, one of the that most is one, important... one of the changes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the most important changes is undoubtedly going to be that the PVE is up for change. Um, we see, we've seen with Pochfin that you can blend PvP and PVE together at the same time. Whereas until this moment, it's largely been two separate activities and PVEers always have to run from PVPers because everything requires min-maxing of your fits, that kind of thing. By doing this blended content, it uh, blurs the lines in the best possible way. And it does oh. what Stitch likes too, is it, it changes up the meta. I've, we've seen in Pacman, those of us who run OBS fleets or goes to dunk on OBS runners, they're min-maxed for PvE, and a small PvP fleet can come in that's a fraction of their size and watch them whelp their, like, multi-billionist fleet. Which is a nice little change, because it, it changes what the meta is. I'd definitely love to see more sites that work like the the flashpoint. Maybe I think the side flashpoint are a big uh, area of opportunity for low stack. Because right now they don't get as much notice for trying late inside because the Eden Helm fortresses and minor victories are all spread out over the place, whereas the Potchman ones are connected in like a loop. Ah, uh, yes. Right? So you can go around the loop and find all your flashpoints. Whereas if you want to do the Eden Com ones, you kind of have to wait them to come close to you or go blopsing around like a t3 fleet and find them out of the like 50 something fortresses that are spread all over the cluster we have had in our home system that we use we have had the incomes one there there was a good like six month stretch where we had one all the fucking time 
Like accelerator. Oh, I'd like to know your location. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, I want EM coming in and setting up camp. Run up, run up your no, we actually we actually did make some agreements with some people where they they because they were making good money off of them. They're like, dude, if you give us like ten percent of what you make, you can we'll let you know when we're up and running. <laughs> if you want to see a funny kill mail, you can search for my guardian losses. Um, somebody with negative Eden Tom standing joined the fleet and I repped them and the Morris one shot me. <laughs> Were you sitting still or is it really that good? No, it was just I wasn't sitting still. I was orbiting with an afterburner. Um, I was I was at range from the Moros though, because the Moros was friendly. Right? It was the friendly Moros that warps in after you kill the oh, Nitra. Yeah. Friendly. Friend friendly. Uh all right, so Let's get into some more Pokemon based stuff. I, I brought this up with RC a little bit, and you guys were in comms too. Uh, home mineral fields are completely and utterly fucked. Um, someone needs to, I, I don't know if CCP knows if it's, if it's completely screwed or not. Um, I know they're completely fucked. I made like several hundred million out of that this week. Yeah, well, but, well, but I'm just saying the warp ins. I'm saying the warp ins and trying to warp out. Um, so I know a lot of people complained initially um, because the you could warp to zero and you'd have rocks 150 kilometers yeah. away from you. And so they, they pinched things in and then CCP went, oh, well, while we're like, while we fix these and we kind of pinched in the asteroid belts, they're not as huge as they were. They went and they blew up the size of all the asteroids. So now if you warp to zero, you literally are bouncing off rocks trying to warp off for a good five. Normally, minutes. you're inside a rock. Yeah, or you yeah, you're inside a rock. It is depending on how they spin. It is bad. So do you have to warp at range then to prevent you, bumping, or can you still bump? That's one way. You can warp to range, and then you're kind of, kind of in a, technically maybe in a bad spot. And then, depending on where you're warping from, you might have cloaky hunters already sitting on the on the home field, just waiting for you to come in to blow you up. You think that favors the miners or the hunters? The the bouncing around, I feel like it favors the hunters because I have warped in with a cloaky heiress, and a miner left his uh, minor ones in the field. It was just a venture. Um, and he was talking some crap in local, so I just went to where his mining drones were, dropped a bubble right when he got close, and then scrammed him and held him down and killed him. It it does help the hunters, I believe, a little bit more. And if you have, like, slippery peats and stuff and long range already, you can warp to 100. If you can cloak, you can, if they warp to zero, you can black them off the grid before they can even warp off. Because they will just bounce, they will ping pong ball around that asteroid belt to try and get out. So it just sounds it's, like it's hard to move in there. Adjust the asteroid. Yeah, I mean, with, or you know, make their size smaller again. <laughs> yeah, they. I think they should have thought about it a little bit. Because um, what Pac would be the problem is, with just making you fly through them? Yeah. Pokemon or you non-collidable. Yeah, it's just yeah, that'd be nice. I mean, it would just solve the problem in like the easiest way. There must be a reason why CCP insists that physical asteroids be collidable. 
I mean, I, I don't really care about this. Oh, but it's realistic thing because we warp up to the edge of a station on the opposite side of its undocked tube and we get sucked into it anyway. I, I don't really care about that because I want the game to be good rather than... I mean, this isn't a sim. <laughs> so why can't we just have it... Have Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, that's that's a big concern. I know there's some other concerns out there, and I'm my mind is kind of blanking on them right now. But that was that's just one from the indie side of me. I still like to mine. I started playing Eve, well, on my original tune um, that I hold just for token purposes. Um, I started in 06, and I never mined with them. I was I was a mission runner, and then I realized, well, Galente, because this is you know 06, 07. Um, Galente had better starting stat points uh, before you could remap and stuff. And I was like, Galente is better for what I'm going into combat-wise. And then I started being a dirty miner to make some money. Um, so I just think about the miners a little bit because, I mean, it's my starting point in EVE, pretty much. I started mining in a tornado, so. <laughs> and then I went into exploration. And then yeah. I became a sociopath and just shot people for the rest of <laughs> Yeah, I'm super excited myself to go the stitch route again. Um, it's been early 21 was when I spun up all my alts. Um, so I'm happy to hop back into, well, I'm just going back to my one character and I can cloak up in the Cloaky Hunter and Rome Pockman and pick off random people. Um, Reese, Kylon, is there anything you guys want to ask? I'm I'm blank. There's one that I know I wanted to ask these guys because I listened to their Declarations of War podcast and I thought it could cross over to Pockman. Well, let me just think for a second. Well, what about like how would you like to approach dropping structures in Pock? Because I would like an Edencom option and a and a Triglavian option. Did you say dropping structures in Pockman? Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Well, what is the PvP scene like as the structures have diminished? There's still a good bit of lost disc in Parkman. If you look at it, it's yeah. one of the top now, regions in the game. Now, what's the what? What would be the what are the pros to re-adding certain types of structures back to Parkman? It'd be more fighting. More? Yeah. Why? But why would but why would it be side, more fighting? But on the flip side. There's also some of us that just don't want any structures in it at all. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, what, what, why would they cause more fighting to have structures there? Because uh, there's some systems that are empty, yep. even from NPC stations, that are really good spots that would, would benefit an organization of having a structure there. Yeah, yeah but surely there being fewer safe places and fewer places to base um, does a little bit towards um, leveling the playing field. It, uh, Reese, I get where you're coming from. When I first, when they, we first were dealing with, you know, us burning down Pogvin, I kind of was like, they should come out with something for Triggs to be able to put down structures. Now I'm kind of like, dude, kind of fuck everyone. If they don't have trig standings, they can't dock, they can die. But I also yeah, like I... giving the incoming option on that as well, not just trig positive people. I wish there were some like Eden Com stations. That <laughs> yeah. So can we shoot the Eden Com stations and like maybe like if we do enough damage, it like blows up one random ship in the hangar? 
Because <laughs> you had the train stations were the same. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess my only concern with more structures, um, which I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of uh, Hawkfin, so you know, I could be wrong here, but I, I do see a lot of battle reports. And also hear that a lot of big groups are, are going in there to PVE and stuff like that. And they're, you know, going in through, um, you know, using the filaments or whatever the case may be, or yeah. wormholes. So you're dealing with like pandemic horde. Um, the my only concern is if they can plop down their own structures in there, then it seems like it gives them a bigger foothold to kind of end up owning the space and pushing out smaller groups, which kind of comes back to everything we've always seen with big groups in, in areas of space. They end up kind of consuming all the local content. Uh, I, well, um, the problem is is Pandemic Horde and Frat own a bunch of shit in Pokemon that is actually... It needs a bunch? To be, it, yes. Yeah. Otella owns... Like, Otella is covered in Pandemic Horde structures. Oh, yeah. That yeah, is. it was Pandemic Horde that came in and eventually destroyed Smokey. Yeah. Um, so I, they, a lot of structures need to be slated for burning. I, I don't see it helping them that much, I guess. Yeah. I mean, um, basically, listen, my, my, my point was, if the PVP is working really well in Potron at the moment, I don't then surely just taking the random and unnecessary risk of adding structures into the mix has a far greater chance of harming a good thing. I, I agree with you, Phantom. I, I might really give it up if they got rid of the the uh, the timer for swapping clones in an NPC station. Yeah, I I I, I get you, yeah, Kyle. That's on. I'm after. Yeah, but yeah, I also I agree, agree with Phantom. Uh, I, I don't. Think... But basically, in short, no to structures in Potchfin. If it's good, don't don't risk ruining it because there's not a lot of good left in this game at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> don't don't hang yourselves. It's very good. Uh, my my big thing, my big thing with um, you know, uh, with Citrus saying, you know, big groups coming in. Um, what's funny is, you know, goons learned it first. You can't take over Pokemon. So then, Pandemic Horde came in and was like, "Well, Pandem you know, goons gave up on Pokemon." Um, Pandemic Horde came in. Pandemic Horde, after a couple months, realized they can't take over Pokemon, and now Frat's trying to make their attempt. And it's just the revolving door of null blocks come in, and they realize this space is not friendly to them. Well, no, they come in and they realize that it's not blob friendly, and that's what we yeah. want them to realize. It, it screws them over because they can't, they, you know, they min max on numbers, they don't min max on. They can't get skills. a full hold by putting down structures to start storing infinite amount of people in ships. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is just me. I. I. I I like to ask this mainly because, and well, it'll make Arcea mad. <laughs> but um, I, I like to I like to ask this randomly um, because it is a trig podcast. Um, if you could have Arcea, I'll, I'll, I'll question this one different to you. But to Stitch and Phantomite, um, if there could be one thing you could add to the Pakovin ship line, what would it be? An R C can have an EM shift line. Yeah, well, not EM. The trig ship, the trig yeah, ship line. Ship it could be drones. It could be oh, whatever you want. I've got, I, I've got. I, I feel quite strongly about this. I would absolutely love to add nothing more to the trig line. <laughs> I think it. that it's in a good place. I don't think that. I, I think that when people see 
something as having a missing hole in a lineup, especially with the trigs, that's erroneous. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think that just because a perceived gap exists that it should be filled. If you fill every gap in the game, then it's no longer a game of trying to find you know, the right combinations for things. And uh, the problem is you should never be able to find the best combination. There should never be a best combination. I know that there are balance issues at the moment that have been going on for a long time, but the moment that you allow people to build a perfect fleet, um, you've completely screwed the game. Yep. Stitch? Uh, so, I mean, that's a whole other topic that we, me and Fancy Mike could get into probably. <laughs> um, I disagree in terms of not having a perfect... Uh, I, I, I disagree in the fact that there should always be new things coming out to some degree as long as they fill in a, a niche and they're not overpowered um, to some degree. They're, obviously, we don't want to make it to where you can you know, form the invincible fleet just due to a combination of things. But there are still things that exist that could be expanded upon or even just make more general purpose ships. Uh, and with the precursor ship line, which is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about here because that's how CCP has it labeled. It's not just the Triglavian ship line. It is the precursor ship line, um, which could potentially include drifters. It could include, you know, other other things other races within that ship line um you know so you know whether or not we need drifter ships you know maybe not but at the same time the other part of me is like you know that seems pretty fun it would introduce new weapons new ships new holes more things to tinker with obviously we probably don't need the drifter super, super weapons associated <laughs> with them uh unless i mean or or maybe we do maybe we, that's the true counter to, to the marauder spam now is we, we all need to be flying drifters and and then we can then we can release the... i know you don't believe that stitch i know you don't believe that we should have an anti-marauder ship <laughs> cruiser 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 ships with dds on them i just heard stitch say that uriel yeah. is probably screaming right now all excited <laughs> uh you know, no and, i mean i agree with you on that one um I mean, the only thing I ever hear with guys that about the trig ship line is T3C is be unviable. Um, I mean, what the, would it be? The, the Icky and the Vedmac are already strong ships as they are, so you don't need a new cruiser. The Zarmzad and the Rodiva are really good lodging ships. I I lean towards either a Frig, a T3D, just because it'd be interesting to have a T3D, or they already have that's, the ship that's line. What? The, they the key to... thing is that does what though? I don't know. Well, that's no, what we have to do. Stitch. We, we, we can't say balance. something would be. We can't say, "Hey, this would be cool." If we don't know it, what exactly we're proposing, because I... if we don't know what we're proposing, then it could uh, be something right. well, which just ruins I, balance. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just proposing it because I'm a, I'm a big trig, trig head. But like, they already have the transport ships in the game. They have the models. Like, why can't they? They ramps they, up how fast it works. Yeah, why can't they toss in the big triangle-shaped transport ship? I mean, I know miners that want ramping up mining lasers because they think it'd be an interesting mechanic. I personally would like to see drones. Say interesting. I say that would just be overpowered, given that mining is something where you sit static. Well, so it would now be the new required ship. Well, no, I'm just... I, I, I'd say there'd still have to be loss and all that stuff, but it'd start out lower. The You know, your cycle time would be a minute. It 
you'd still kind of get you have to sit there long enough and then Pac-Man mining you have to be on your toes um but like i personally want to see drones added for the trig line i think it'd be fun for bassing structures to have str drones that ramp up their damage but we've got we've got a ship that does that so why yeah do we need i know drone? but <laughs> it's just it's just you know it's that uh, there's little tiny things i would love to see happen i don't necessarily think it's right for the game it's just me being a triangle arcia any lasers is better yeah. than one laser arcia edencom ships i mean thunder child's broken we already know that um but if you could add the something correct answer is find something for the thunder child to do but yes. The meme answer is an Eden Comfax that just stops the fight by ripping everybody. No. <laughs> I don't actually think that's a good idea, but I think it's a hilarious idea. Um, the correct answer is fix the Thunder Child so it can do something, right? Mm. Like, yeah. But I mean, if you're just going to ask me to fangirl, I'm like, I love battle cruisers, so give me a cattle bruiser. But that's just fangirl, not, not so much brain. I mean, so I'd, uh, if if you don't mind, I'll jump in on on Eden Com ships because I have my <laughs> own bone bone picked with those anyway. Well, we, they... you you do all the balance work, yeah, so I expected you to want to try and <laughs> Eden Com lodge you with bouncing cap transfer. <laughs> like I, my biggest problem with Eden Com, and hopefully someone will will uh, offer a counter to me because it still doesn't make sense to me how people are satisfied with the extreme niche that Edencom fill. Um, but my issue is that if you have an Edencom ship, it can't do what every other ship can do, which is focus fire one target. Like you can't do single target damage. Um, I mean, technically you can, but your damage is so low, like, you know, there's not really a reason to use it. Um, obviously, I know there are certain situations where, like, the Skybreaker can be good, kind of solo. Um, the Cruiser gets used in, like, Abyssals and PvE and stuff like that. But, like, Skybreaker you know... It's used in Novice Box as well. The Skybreaker? Yeah, Skybreaker plates. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but that's, like, that's like the, a fleet of them, so you're kind of yeah. dealing with the the lower overall damage of it. Um, and my thing is, is just like, why can't we have it to where there's two different ammo types, you know, one for chain lightning, one for single target damage, and then just have like a long reload. So if you're going from like single target to chain, you have like a 30 second reload or, or even just give them any reload as a long reload. Like that's, that's the downfall of it. Well, wow. so that way you can open up the rolls more and say, Hey, you know, the thunder child, Hey, you can use a single target ammo on it. And it's like, you know, a normal, relatively normal battleship. If you have a specific role for it, then you can use the chain lightning ammo and utilize that mechanic instead of it just being subjected to being useless, essentially, unless if you fall within like this exact criteria to where they're actually kind of okay. Uh, That's fascinating, actually. I, um, I wasn't sure where you, where you were going with that, but I mean, in theory, if you make it, if you give it a single target ammo, then you don't have to. Um, buff the multi-target ammo because yep. as, as as a side um, purpose rather than the only purpose I feel that it's in, it's in a that's in a pretty good place as it is that side of it in in this scenario that you mentioned uh, I actually was spitballing that with a couple of guys that I was doing the smuggler event with um, because we noticed that 
Stormbringer was the only ship that the ammo was actually bouncing onto other ships in the event. Um, and they were, you know, you'd watch Confessors and other ships die to it. And we're like, but the smaller ships and they're shooting at you don't do it. So why don't they just add this ammo type to the game? Because that'd make more sense to have a single target and a bouncing target one. So I agree with you on that one, Stitch. I think that'd be a great change up for Edencom. Right, because like the, a lot of the issues with Edencom right now is, you know, they're, we, we see the um, the limitations or the supply chain issues with Edencom already, but it's in such a small number. It's not like a huge deal, but there's not a lot of people that are like coming up to the task to try and deal with the supply chain issues. Obviously there's issues where the LP stores are broken for Edencom and that's a separate issue. Um, but if there, if there is more demand for Edencom, I feel like there'd be a lot more pressure on CCP to fix these things. And there'd be a lot more people willing to try these things and actually get us to that point where we can find out, okay, what's broken with them, what needs to be balanced, what needs to be fixed. But we're just not really getting there because there's not, you can't use them in like 90% of the scenarios within the game. Um, you know, so you're, we're kind of on this like long slow burn process with Edencom because we just can't get people into the ships just doing normal things with them that every other ship can do. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm, you know, offering this whole thing. Now the, the pushback I've gotten on, on this same idea before in the past is people tell me that not every ship needs to do the same thing, but I'm just like, well, out of all the ships in the game, why are we all just saying that this one new ship class that just came out, that isn't really well utilized is a ship class that we're going to sit on and not make any changes to and just continue this super niche kind of uh, gameplay. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Um, it's, uh, I, I know some Kybernauts out there that actually fly Edencom ships and I tease them and make fun of them all the time. But if they expanded the capabilities a little bit more than what they are, I think, think it would be more well used I, I they mainly use it for mission running stuff like where you can bounce targets and delete stuff off the grid faster like incredibly good in abysses because yep. right now it's it's good but like two of the the bad rooms in a row can kind of screw it from yep. what i hear but it's it's still like that you know they need to do something it is totally underutilized as a ship line, it's too expensive. I mean, the loot I was getting, I was getting tech one drops for battleship for the Stormbringer. And I was like, how am I selling this for, you know, 350 million isk when it's a tech one mod? Right. And I like, mean, the, and, and the other issue I have with the, the Edencom ships is, just like, so Edencom is supposed to be the opposite of Triglavian. You know, Triglavian does a large amount of damage on a spool up, on a single target. Edencom spreads that out. But Triglavian, like, have, like, a laundry list of utility bonuses. It's like, every roll bonus you want, Triglavian have it. Then you look at, like, Edencom, and it's just, like, nothing. You get no utility. You get no cool bonuses to, like, tinker with. You get no utility highs. You get no drones, except for the Thunder Child, which gets one one utility high and then yeah you get 25 and three drones which you know again doesn't really matter because you, you end up just shooting your own drones anyway mm -hmm. so it's like why 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 did they like you know triglavian i think don't they have a cycle time bonus for smart bombs um, yeah. 
or is it cap reduction? I think it's cap reduction. So, so they what? needed to make the Edencom ships the opposite of the Triglavian ships in every way, and the Triglavian ships are good. Yeah. Right. I mean, have, 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 <laughs> has, has anybody at any point considered that maybe the, um, for example, the, the, the battleship should fill the should fill more of a utility role rather than a straight DPS role, and maybe, maybe the battleship should be the shield nester. Well, see, here's the issue I think with the battleship. There's no modules that buff the weapon system, except target painters. But you can't target painter like every target that it's bouncing to. I mean, I guess in theory, if you're a god with supers and their uh, burst projector, maybe you can. But you know, that's kind of unrealistic uh so there's no like i think the thunderchild could be a lot more usable if there was modules that you could actually use to buff the application of the of the weapon systems um you know so you have like a mid slot or a low slot or rigs um to to buff the application because there's no module that buffs the the vorton projectors like you can't use te's they they don't buff the application i don't know if they buff the range there's no drugs anymore they do i don't think they buff it at all I mean, yeah. if, if these modules in theory would make these ships usable, then doesn't this mean that these modules are required to make the ships usable and therefore CCP is fitting your ship for you? To, de to a degree, but it also Im indicates you need to make fitting decisions on what you're trying to do. Like, if you're bringing a Thunderchild against other battleships, it's probably workable, where you don't need a bunch of modules to apply. If you're bringing a Thunderchild to apply to a bunch of hacks or cruisers, then you probably do need modules. So then your tank goes down, which is a fitting choice, which in my opinion, I'm, I'm always very much for fitting choices in the game. Um, having everything given to you fr from the beginning without making any sacrifices, I don't think are ever good balance choices or balance decisions. Yeah. I, I think that's I, fair I, enough. But if this is the only thing that would make it useful, then it is required. I I just know that there there's no more drugs. No drugs help them out. There's no implants. Like every implant, it does not apply to the Vortron weapons. At basically, what it, at the beginning there was the drug, and the drug had a time limit for it to yeah. time out. And there's nothing. There's not no implants, no drugs. Nothing affects their weapons anymore. A Vorton computer. Right. Yeah, they, something like that. Yeah, they they need a touch on something for income ships because there is that severe lack where trig ships do get the benefit and they don't. And the other thing that that would make sense with with Edencom anyway is like trig. They even have the smart bomb bonuses, but it doesn't apply to the damage. Maybe it's rate of fire. Maybe it's cap bonus. Again, I can't remember. I had to double check. But like, why don't Edencom have smart bomb smart bomb damage bonuses? Because that's one thing that people have, have asked for a lot is, you know, I want a ship line that gives me a bonus of smart bomb damage. And you can kind of balance this already with like the Thunder Child because it has one utility high. Um, you know, you, you could just drop the gun and have two really strong smart bombs, um, you know, or things like that. Obviously, it would be harder to justify the bonuses on like a frigate and a cruiser. But I mean, again, they're, they're, those could be niches that people want to use. I mean, how often do we see smart bomb Proteuses and things like that? You know, what if we had an actual strong ship line that, you know, you could use for pipe bombing and things like that? Um, you know, maybe we, we're not utilizing the, the, the weapons of Edencom, but it gives them another role to use instead of just being the gimmicky chain lightning ship that only works in super specific scenarios. 
Pipe bombing is an interesting um, one to bring up because pipe bombing is almost entirely based on player skill rather than um, a, a dedicated ship being there to improve your ability to do it. Um, I I know I know that it was only a, a, as an example, Stitch, but I would. I know it was it was only an example, but I would I would be very hesitant at um, trying to better bring pipe bombing to the masses um, because it's I, I I like it when something is doable with skill. I don't like it when that toy is given to people without the required skill. Yep. So no, I, I guess it depends what that bonus exactly was. Like maybe range would be okay, you know. It's uh, very difficult to pipe bomb. Yes. Yeah, yeah but I uh, but I wouldn't want I wouldn't want them to have resistances to smart bombs. I wouldn't yeah. want them to have yeah. improved damage from smart bombs. Well, no. Well, I mean, well, see, that's the other thing though with Eden Column, at least with the frigate and the cruiser, is they have the highest resist bonus in the game. So you know that kind of synergizes with if you're going to be smart bombing yourself, you know, you already have the the higher resistances at least for a T1 ship. Because uh, they get a six percent bonus, where every other ship gets a four percent bonus. So you know, again, it, it, it's an example. It's more just trying to highlight that Triglavian has all these interesting mechanics you can utilize that isn't uh, locked in just with like the weapon system. Like you could make, you know, a, a remote repair Lashak or Vedmac or whatever the case may be if you really wanted to, and just you know, forego the gun completely. Obviously, you have the Zarm and the Rodiva for that now that they actually got their own kind of uh, Logi line. But, you know, there, there could be more thing, more avenues for them to explore rather than just being, I'm the gimmicky chain lightning ship that is only useful in super specific scenarios. Like, they could have expanded that roll bonus to do more interesting things with it, like they did with the Triglavian ships. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, getting, getting on Triglavian ships, I mean, some of the stuff that... One of my favorite Lashaks that I have is i just call it my pvp shack and it is a heavy new two heavy newts and a medium newt on it and basically if i catch someone that is a smaller ship than the shack i chew through their cap and they're screwed um and okay. and i and and i just feel like edencom i mean yes i know it's only three ships but they're they severely lack anything besides from my perspective, when I look at them, yes, I know people try to use them for huge fleet ops to to have that that chain lightning, you know, hit a bunch of people and watch Logi panic. But it's like otherwise, I only see them in like small use for PVE, and I don't really see it used any other way. Go ahead, Arcia. I say, and this is probably a terrible idea because bombs exist. But like, if we're still on the subject of adding an Edencom ship, what about like an Edencom Rathon with a AOE target painters? But like bombs exist, so that would really make it kind of overpowered. Yep. So it's yeah. like it's like hard to address. But... Yeah, it. it... I mean, uh, you could Eden... have like a remote tracking computer ship that Edencom has that gets bonuses of remote tracking computers, and then release a remote tracking computer specific to Vorton projectors, so it's kind of acts as like a, a support ship for Edencom. 
but then it also has another role of just being a really good remote tracking computer ship, kind of like the Scimitar, just without having Lachi bonuses. I mean, you could make you have a shield Lachi bonuses. Right. I mean, you could. Kind of like um, the like Revivo and the, and the Zarm, except uh, <laughs> it just lodges everything within a given range. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to reduce how much it lodges, of course, but... Yeah, yeah. But that'd be interesting. Um, all right, let's start getting into wind-down mode. Unless you, unless Reese or Kylan, you got anything left you want to ask these guys? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right, we'll get into wind down mode. Um, I mean, I did the show on Thursday, so I still have no kills because I'm still trying to finish moving into my new place. Um, so let's. I'm sure Reese. And, well, Reese, I doubt it. You, you, you're too much indie, so you haven't killed anything. Eh, you might have killed week? something in the past two weeks. Let's see. The past two weeks? Yeah, since the I, last show. I, I killed some people at uh, OBS. Point. That was about it. It was nothing too memorable. Not nothing fun. Kylon, you were on on Thursday, so I doubt you. You actually no, never mind. You murder people more than me, so I killed like three little shacks in a Balgorn this morning with my Varger. Okay. Not by myself, obviously. <laughs> so we like to do a little bit of you know funny kills um, or memorable kills. Um, in the past about two weeks, I like to give people a spread of time because sometimes, you know, with with low player counts in certain areas of space, you don't you don't find things. So um, if any of you guys have something you guys want to want to say, that was a fun kill for you guys. Uh, I've been flying really terrible fits lately because I'm <laughs> trying to um, I'm. For a lot of the things that I do for balance, I sometimes purposely fly ships um, and underutilize weapons to kind of find their strengths and weaknesses. Um, so I've been flying dual 150 rail ships lately. Uh, so I have a dual 150 Eagle and a dual 150 Ferox right now that I'm kind of tinkering with. Um, and dual 150s are, are, are actually really terrible. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been fitting them to bait frigates because they do track kind of decently um especially when you kind of skew like a skew them with a tracking rig and then use javelin they get up to like close to 30 tracking um and then i have double webs on the eagle so i did kill a, a magus yesterday that uh, tackled me for a frigate fleet um so i was able to kill the magus and then get out of there before their logic got back so that was kind of entertaining um, and then I killed a Mackinac with the Ferox, which isn't really a great kill, but he did have or strip miner, so at least I made a little bit of esque out of it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of money. Phantomite Arcia? I was gonna say, I've been doing a bunch of frigate PvP today. I'm on a mission to, um, oh, I've got a huge number of ships in this station here, so I'm on a mission to, uh, work through some of them. <laughs> throw them into some some situations and just uh lose a few of them in the pursuit of some fun that's what frigates are meant for i love flying frigates and eating them into the sun I keep trying to i keep trying to throw this sweeple into um 
into a situation where it'll eventually die, but I keep on just killing stuff with it. <laughs> I tell you, the, the, the biggest strength of the Sveeple is that nobody flies it and everybody else has forgotten what it's capable of. Yep. Arcea? Uh, I've been all over the place recently. Like, uh, we've been having little kerfuffles with some local gay campers uh, recently in Metropolis. And night night before that or two, I hung out with Galmil a little bit, and we had a nice little couple skirmishes with some like human ships and stuff. Um, but like the highlight of this month so far was probably a fleet fight versus Test in the Great Wildlands at the beginning of the month. Um, it was uh, the Great Wildlands NRDS guys uh, have been getting beaten on by Test a little bit but we were able to show up and give them support for one-timer. And it turned out to be a really good fight for us. Typhoons versus Cerberus is, um, <laughs> which is really good for our Typhoons, obviously. Yep. And uh, I enjoyed that, that that a lot. I've enjoyed a lot, lot of the little stuff I've done this month too, like ruffling with the Metropolis gate campers. I, I just, I was half expecting it to be like a har baby, just murdering I something. Mean, baby. <laughs> um all right so i'm going to shout out these guys and um stitch arcia phantomite um i hope you guys end up on csm um personally um and i know a lot of people feel that way um from some of the reactions i've seen from other people um drake Eden is a great choice i'd really love to see with with inominate merkel chen uh Vili, all those guys, you know, the, the three guys that have you know, the four guys that have been permanently on CSM forever. I'd love to see a change up in the CSM and have more independence. Um kind of getting their viewpoints put out into CCP's ears to change the game instead of everyone always joining joining a giant null block. Um so you guys are my shout out. Um if you guys want to shout out anyone, go ahead. I mean, Arcea and Stitch are here. They're here with me. They're both on my on my, on my ballot. So, <laughs> hey, these these two guys, obviously, as well as me. <laughs> You're number one on your own ballot, right? <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I didn't make that mistake. <laughs> I actually think Stitch and Phantomite are two and three on my ballot. I forgot which order because it oh, didn't sick. save it between all, so I probably flipped out half of them anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's about the same. I guess the only other shout out I would do is Mark Resurrectus if you have any uh, interest in wormholes. Yep. Uh, it'd be nice if we could get a wormhole candidate on there just so wormholes don't, do don't continue becoming collateral damage <laughs> to every change. Yep. Um, let's see, there's something else I was going to mention, uh, but now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> That's why I call this the clusterfuck. <laughs> I drink beer and mess up interviews. I would like to give a shout out. I would like to get a, give a shout out to uh, you, Sabat, for allowing your hated <laughs> enemy on the show. And... <laughs> I, I miss seeing EM in, right. in Pachman. <laughs> Sometimes we eat there and, and roam a little bit, but like late US time zone when we have a lot of our room. Yeah. Yeah, I can't I can't stay out late anymore. 
I moved like almost an hour away from work. So fall asleep early so I can get to work early. Reese, Kylon. Well, I have to say thanks to all of our candidates that visited us on the show. And any of y'all that want to come around and shoot at each other in Potchfin, come on, come on over. Stitch, I'd love to see you come and try different things with our system bonuses, with your fitting expertise. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely been of the mindset where I need to get in there and, and start tinkering. I just need to... Like, I go through the Triglavian systems that aren't Pakvin and the, the wear towers or whatever don't shoot me, but I don't know if that means my standings are good or if they're just take a long time to lock me. Take All you of... need is point zero zero one, and you're fine. <laughs> yep. You can literally go to Podgeman and shoot a drone and be positive with both and not get shot by the NPCs. Although, Eden Com is much more stingy on the, uh, you know, the leveling up your standings. It's really strange. Yeah, sometimes we have we have uh, Pachman holes show up in in our wormhole, and we just see like a ton of Triglavian on scan. And I'm always curious on like you know should I just go over there and jump through the hole, or am I gonna get like blowed by a bunch of Triglavians? Um, you know maybe I I can sneak a bomber through. Uh, frigates. Um, I always I always chuckle when newbies are you know, like, well I don't have standings yet, and I'm like, dude, if you're in a frigate and we have the wormhole bookmarked you literally can warp straight to the bookmark and jump before anything target locks you. I got all... I get you warp at range and then warp down to the hole. Yeah. I, I have done it with all my alts that had zero, zero sandings, and I just warped into the wormhole and jumped in. So um, I have a really funny story. This happened shortly after the invasions that you might find funny. I was like in some region that wasn't the drone lands, just roaming solo. I was in a Harbinger, of course, and I think I was in Delft, right? And I was in a fight and I broke point and warped out to whatever I was aligned to. And like in the middle of Delft, there was a big fleet of Triglavians where exactly where I was landing at zero. And like, there's like a one in a million chance for a wormhole to be open in a random non-drone land small system like that. Because I think there's like one or two of those wormholes to random non-contrain. Most of them are drone lands. So, yeah, they're pretty uh, rare to delve. So like I threaded the needle to find the one place and the one celestial where the Triglavians could gank me. Um, and they... I have felt my standing at, at various times. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I just always think about that when I think about Triglavians. Um, I, I lost too many shit. I lost, I think, right when I came back, um, I, I literally came back to EVE. I want to say it was like, it was about this time, 2020 on this time of year in 2020. So I hopped right into wanting to do the Triglavian stuff because I was just like, dude, I haven't played Eve in, in four years, been moving around too much. Like now I'm kind of, I'm not taking job transfers to move around the country anymore. And I was like, I should get back into Eve. Like I'll be able to focus on it a little bit. I think I, I lost like 1.5 billion isk to, to Triggs. And then I was like, all right, well, I'm, 
I'm not going to lose anything more to Triggs and started shooting Edicom. And then Nyarja fell. And then I had to jump through back-to-back Edencom systems, made it through the first one, died in the second Edencom system, and was like, fuck it. I don't care about this shit here in a Mars space anymore. I am done. <laughs> I do not care. <laughs> so if the Triglavians were able to have one Jart and the Amar Empire would have been completely cut off from the other empires via high sec routes. Yeah. Do you I... think that would have been a good outcome? Because Jark is an Edencom fortress, but with Jark and Niarja, if they were both cut off, there would be no high sec route to the Amar Empire. It would be funny because it would set up better low sec camping. I would love it. I I was mad. I okay, I I'm I'm one of those people that is weird about Niarja. I was super excited when it fell because I was just like trolling everyone that was so mad about the Amar Jitter route being cut off. And then, then it dawned on me after the fact, like I just screwed myself because <laughs> I so, I moved into a Mars space before I last played. So you know something really funny about Niarja popping when it did, um, it popped literally after we got done flipping Arshat. Do you remember Arshat? Yes. Arshat is the one system that went liminal. And then we went in and we flipped it all it the way back to a fortress. It's yep. the only system that went to a stage two that got flipped back the other way during the invasions. And we we spent like we did we did shifts, but like everybody was on for like eighteen to twenty hours pushing them because it was actually a ridiculous task. And then the Arja popped when we were all completely dead. Yeah, I remember being really really tired after <laughs> that one. That was the one. Okay, so that's the that was the one thing. Like, I don't know about you guys with your guys's jobs um, during COVID times. Um, I didn't have a choice. I still had to go to work. Um, I'm a geologist, so I have to be in the field. Um, it made a big difference. So I I I was jealous about a lot of people being able to play Eve. Like, oh yeah, I'm in between. Like, I, I'm I'm gonna make up on work later, and I'm just gonna play all day. Like, I I kind of wish I could have done that, but. On the flip side, I yeah. probably would have burnt out of Eve a lot faster if I did. It was kind of hard not to burn out during the invasions, for sure, because people were putting in those long hours. Yeah, when I, when I, I will say I had burnt out on Eve multiple times, and the last burnout was before I started moving around the country. Um, and that was mainly because for about six months of me playing Eve while being unemployed, I, I was doing incursions from seven o'clock at night till seven a.m. And then I got a job offer in Seattle, Washington, and kind of went, "All right, I'm done with Eve for now." <laughs> so I probably would have burnt out if I could stay home and play Eve all day. But I did feel jealous, like, and for a long time before people had to start going back to work, I was just like, "You asshole, stop pinging my Discord! Like, stop pinging Discord! I can't hop on a fleet right now." But right, yeah, um, I got one shout out. Yep, I, was my, about to ask I uh, I hit 10.0 trig standing today. Oh, damn, Woo. and you get nothing for it. So, sorry, buddy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh okay. every level of eating okay. Before, before, before we end this, I have one last little thing. Um, I just want to put it to you guys 
um, that the anchorages and the home systems, I would like if any of you guys, you know, RC, if you, you get your, you know, next term, Stitch, Phantomite, I'd like you guys to kind of poke CCP and be like, can you guys do something with this? Can like people dock in them? Can like they be used? Um, because they're they're pretty, but they are the most useless thing I've ever seen in my my life. And Eve. I'm a big like, I, I am a fan John. of adding purpose to things. Yeah. That's how you get to the Eternity Vivian homeworld. To Booyah. But all right. Um I will raid again someone, so let's have some fun. I feel like being nice these days and raiding other people's channels to make them feel good when they have no viewers. Oh, we'll just we'll just do this. All right. Well, um, as I always say, do not fly safe, fly dangerous, because ships should be ammo. You should have fun. <laughs> um, thank you guys for being on. And um, if you have not voted for anything for CSM yet, um, if you're a lazy person like me, um, Look at these folks, look at Trey Kidden, look at some of the other independents to hopefully shoot them in and disrupt CSM from null block control. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Thank you.